0: Welcome to Flywheel Fridays, keeping up with the federal IT news cycle, one conversation at a time. I'm Alexander Bolova, media producer for GovCIO Media and Research. With me today are my wonderful co-hosts, Melissa Harris and Kate Macri. Melissa and Kate, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us, Alex. Thanks as always, Alex. With the FY 2022 budget finalized as of March, why not look ahead to next year? President Biden has already proposed the administration's budget for FY 2023, which includes budget increases for VA, IRS, DOJ, and more. Being completely honest, the budget process is a topic I know next to nothing about. So I'm going to step aside and let the experts guide you through what to expect in the upcoming budget. Kate, can you start off the conversation?
1: Sure. So let's start off by... Talking about cybersecurity, because that was a pretty big focus for pretty much all of the federal agencies in terms of their budget requests uh, this year. So CISA, for example, got $2.5 billion, a $486 million increase over 2021 enacted levels, because obviously cybersecurity has been a pretty big focus over the last year. And President Biden's executive order on improving the nation's cybersecurity is really putting cybersecurity and modernizing IT systems to be more secure at the forefront of federal agencies' modernization strategies in general. And a big part of that is deploying zero trust. So you'll see that a lot of federal agencies have budgets with more money for cyber for example the VA requested 100 million dollars for cybersecurity to deploy zero trust and to secure their EHR system we also have the national cyber director getting 22 million which is kind of a big deal because national cyber director is a new role which was just basically launched last year last summer ish and People have been kind of waiting to see like what the National Cyber Director is going to do because they didn't really have a lot of funding to start off with, and now they're getting all this money. So that's going to be really interesting to see how the National Cyber Director takes more of a prominent role in cyber collaboration discussions with other federal agencies, specifically CISA, FBI, and the NSA, and DOD to some degree. Melissa, you covered DOJ. I think they got a lot of money for cyber.
2: They did. Um, so DOJ overall has a proposed budget of $37.65 billion, which is quite a bit. A lot of this will be going to cyber, and it's sprinkled across DOJ overall. For cyber capabilities itself, DOJ has 1.2 proposed across its components. $150 million of that is to better guard against cyber threats and bring cyber criminals to justice. It's sort of blurred along the lines, but... DOJ did note that it has $20 billion allocated to expand DOJ's law enforcement components and attorney's offices across the country. So nearly half of this is for FBI specifically, but overall, this will go towards various crimes, and a big emphasis is on cybercrime. Um, cybercrime and all sorts of other violations in there as well, but that's where... DOJ cyber money is mostly going amid its bigger budget and still a pretty significant amount considering how much money is in DOJ overall. WCIO Media and Research also reported that the White House has requested a $107 million increase to the Department of Veterans Affairs cyber budget, which is one of the proportionately largest increases to date within that department. So that's also a notable increase in cyber for VA. I'd also like to add that amid this fiscal year 2023 budget, as we look back to the executive order on Zero Trust that Kate was mentioning before, lots of agencies clamored toward the Technology Modernization Fund, or TMF, to meet those executive order needs. TMF is basically a well of funding that agencies eventually need to pay back, but is like an ad hoc well of funding. And the American Rescue Plan gave it a billion dollars and before it only had 175 million throughout the annual budget combined. So that was a big infusion of money. And just given that lots of agencies were trying to tap it to meet the zero trust mandates of the executive order. And now that there's more money for cybersecurity overall in each agency's budget for the most part, is a big thing to note.
1: So another agency that always gets lots of money every year is the Defense Department. And this year, they got the biggest chunk of R&D change that they've ever gotten, $130 billion, which is pretty significant, especially given that in the budget request, there is a specific focus on artificial intelligence 5G and cybersecurity and space based systems, which are all going to be very, very key for implementing the Joint All Domain Command and Control Initiative or JADC2. So, this is kind of a big deal from a tech perspective, but also when we're thinking about what DoD is going to look like in the future and what the future of the Defense Department is. So, for example, we're getting $250 million for 5G specifically and $17 billion for space-based systems, which includes satellites, which have been a pain point for DoD as they've been trying to improve satellite communications and other space-based capabilities, because one, that's really critical to JADC2, but it's also really critical just to general defense. So It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out, especially as U.S. Space Command recently announced that they're going to start buying commercial satellite services and DOD SATCOM is really interested in satellites as a service and that concept. So it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out and how this money is going to be used. The other notable part of the DOD R&D budget was they got $5.3 billion for Command, Control, Communications, Computers, and Intelligence, or C4I. And that's going to be pretty significant because, obviously, that encompasses IT systems and cybersecurity. And it's a pretty big chunk of change, especially compared to last year. And it also just highlights, again, the importance of modernizing IT systems and ramping up cybersecurity, because it's going to be critical for JADC2 and interconnectedness and data sharing and data interoperability between the different military service branches. So that's another big, interesting piece about all of this. The last notable thing from the DoD budget as it pertains to what we cover, federal IT, the Air Force asked for $230 million for the Advanced Battle Management System, which is their contribution to JADC2.
2: So the last two topics here that I'd like to talk about are about customer service and accessibility and equity, which are part of the president's management agenda, especially the improved customer service aspect. And then also I'm going to talk a little bit about infrastructure, which of course, President Biden has been working on since he's gotten into office. So first I want to talk about the IRS, which Although it doesn't have the biggest budget of all the agencies, it has a $14.1 billion proposed budget. So this requests $798 million to improve the taxpayer experience and expand customer service outreach, especially to underserved communities, but overall to the public. And then also $310 million for the IRS's business systems modernization, which will help build new tools and better communication with taxpayers, with the IRS. This is something that the IRS has sort of been undergoing so far. So this would further those efforts. This would include going paperless, automation with tax returns for the personnel end of the IRS and more. So that's a notable aspect of the customer service sort of aspect of things with the budget. There are some aspects about accessibility, and equity as well with HHS budget and the VA budget. So with mental health care, there's uh, 20.8 billion for discretionary funding with the HHS to address mental health and substance use disorders. And with the VA that also has 13.9 billion for mental health care, which has been really big and was noted in the President's State of the Union. On the modernization end of things for equity, Biden has committed $9.3 billion for the Indian Health Service within the HHS budget to improve American Indian health care, which would also include IHS's electronic health record budget, which is pretty notable. While we're on the topic of electronic health records, the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT, Will also receive $52 million to further improve standards and increase interoperability and equity across health IT activities like electronic health records. There's a bunch more in the budget. Overall, HHS has 1.7 trillion in mandatory budget and 127.3 billion in discretionary funding. There, so it's very large. But those were just some highlights.
0: Speaking of the big HHS budget, there's a bit more to it in there. Can you dive into that a little more? A big emphasis across the budget was pandemic preparedness.
2: So there's going to be eight, $81.7 billion in mandatory funding over the next five years between the, the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response, also known as ASPR, the National Institutes of Health, the Food and Drug Administration, and the CDC. So that'll also include some funding for immediate COVID response funding. And throughout COVID, we've seen how there's been a lot of struggle in getting the proper data to report and track COVID across the country. So amid this, there's been $28 billion allocated to modernize CDC's public health system infrastructure, This includes a good chunk for its data modernization initiative, which will help the CDC better collect data on diseases like COVID-19 or whatever's coming down the road or whatever other spreadable diseases are out there. And also allow the CDC to aid state and local public health authorities to modernize their data systems, which is really notable.
0: So at the end of the day, what do all of these numbers mean to our listeners, what should they take away from FY2023?
2: So, while this is the president's proposed budget, it's by no means the final budget. If anything, this is just an outline and it's going to the House next, and the House will carve out what will likely be the closer look to what the budget should be like. But also, the fiscal year 2022 omnibus only passed last month in March, and so this process can take quite a while. So while these are just some numbers that the White House has put together, it does at least outline where their priorities are. So that's something to keep in mind. The overall budget does request $5.8 trillion in mandatory and $1.64 trillion in discretionary spending. So this is overall with discretionary spending, a 9% increase over the $1.5 trillion enacted in the omnibus that just passed. And non-defense spending will increase by 14% under this budget, and defense spending will increase by 4%. But again, this isn't final, so things will likely change as this enters the House's hands. Yeah, I would say from a DOD perspective,
1: and also just in general cybersecurity is going to be really important. And this budget reflects cybersecurity as a major priority for fiscal year 23. And then for DoD in particular, the budget definitely reflects an emphasis on getting DoD ready for JADC2. So those are the two big takeaways that I would have based on my areas of coverage.
0: And if our listeners are interested in learning more about FY 2023, they can find in-depth articles on our website, govciomedia.com. But that's all for today's Flywheel Fridays. If you enjoyed this episode, keep the conversation turning by subscribing and leaving a review on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Bolova.
1: I'm Melissa Harris. And I'm Kate Mackery.
0: Thank you for listening. Flywheel Fridays, along with GovCast, HealthCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released weekly across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com. With me today are my wonderful co-hosts, Melissa Harris and Kate Macri. Melissa and Kate, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having us, Alex. Thanks as always, Alex.
0: One of these days we will establish who says hi first.
1: (laughs) I know. I never know who's supposed to go first. I'm always just like, well, I'll let Melissa go first. But I'm pretty sure that's what Melissa is thinking, which is why she's waiting for me to say
2: something. You know what? I like the awkward anticipation before one of us chooses to unmute first. So, you know, let's keep it. Let's keep us on our toes, as they say.